A Mucky Business with Tim Farron. This is A Mucky Business. Hello and welcome. I'm Tim Farron. This is the show where you get to hear from a Christian who works either in or through the world of politics. You might think that politics is tainted by compromise and sin. And of course, well, you'd be right. But so is everything else. And I think Christians should be praying for their brothers and sisters who are in politics and doing so in an informed way. Today, we're going to be talking about local politics. We'll be joined by Steph Archer, local councillor, to find out how she's making a difference in the mucky business of politics in local government. We'll discuss what impact she's able to have in her area and how others can follow suit. But before that, I want to focus on farmers. As we pour a bowl of cereal or pop a slice of bread into the toaster, do we ever pause to consider how our breakfast was produced? Probably more than we used to. Food prices were shooting up before Putin invaded Ukraine, but the war is increasing them even more. Why? Because Russia and Ukraine supply 30% of the world's wheat. The blue and yellow of the Ukrainian flag represents golden wheat fields under a summer sky, a recognition of the importance of agriculture to their economy and ours. As we continue to pray for peace in Ukraine and condemn the atrocities taking place, we are reminded of how connected we are, of the vital role that the world's farmers play in feeding us and how we should value and pray for them. As an MP for a rural area and my party spokesman on agriculture, I think about farming a lot, but most of us in the UK feel removed from the agricultural and farming processes. We view food in terms of what we can buy from the supermarket. We take it for granted that there will be enough food and enough variety to give us abundant choice. But panic buying in the pandemic, rising prices and recent supply chain issues have all brought us up short. The Bible is full of farming descriptions and analogies. In ancient agrarian societies, people lived and died by the success of the harvest. Abundant crops were seen as blessings from God and drought and famine as punishments. And in many parts of the world, there is still a close link between the growth of the crops around your home and the amount of food on your table. But how many of us in the UK make such direct links between plenty and God's favour today? We do, however, reap the consequences of our own actions. God has given us the earth to farm and steward. And within it are all the resources we need to feed the whole world. In Genesis 2, we read, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. He charged Adam with giving names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky and all the wild animals. But too often, our land is mismanaged or polluted. Water companies unashamedly discharge sewage into rivers and lakes, killing off fish and polluting the soil. Toxic chemicals are sprayed on crops and intensive farming causes a shocking decline in wildlife. Farmers receive less money for selling their produce than it costs for them to grow or to rear. War ravages the fields that produce crops for the world and the consequences are empty supermarket shelves, rapid price rises and greater reliance on food banks. Deforestation, poor land management, failure to tackle climate change. These are activities motivated by greed and profit which have had the most detrimental effects on the poorest parts of the world. Britain's farmers face huge challenges. We're no longer part of the European Union's common agricultural policy, which subsidised farmers for growing certain crops, but we've now freedom to set our own policies, and it makes sense to move away from direct payments 
to a new system that provides public money for public goods, encouraging farmers to take on more environmental responsibilities to try and halt the enormous loss of wildlife species and habitats that we've seen in recent decades. But the new environmental land management scheme won't start until 2028, and meanwhile payments are being cut each year and hundreds of farmers are at risk of going out of business. Let's pray for wisdom for the government to work with farmers to produce more food in this country, to keep farms open and to manage soaring prices. Let's also pray for good trade deals with other countries that will not hurt UK farmers or undermine our animal welfare and environmental standards. We need to ensure all those working with and on the land take their stewardship duties seriously. As John Stott said, God gave us dominion over the earth, but this is not a synonym for domination let alone destruction, we are to manage it productively and responsibly, which includes conservation and protection of the animal kingdom. So let us pray for our farmers and all those who manage the land for government policies that help rather than hinder for trade deals that promote animal welfare. Let's pray for international development policies that support the poorest countries to steward their land and for peace in Europe and around the world. For God saw that his world was good we have a direct mandate from him to look after it. A Mucky Business with Tim Farron. There are 23,000 elected councillors in the United Kingdom, and we're about to talk to one of them. Councillor Steph Archer has been the councillor for Chessington North and Hook Ward in the Royal Borough of Kingston-upon-Thames since 2018. Uh, she's a good friend of mine as well. And Steph, you're very welcome. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. Well, thanks very much for coming. Let's ask you the question we nearly always ask our guests first, and that is tell us a little bit about how you first became a Christian. Yes, so um, I was um, brought up in a Christian family. My mum and dad are both Christians. Um, when I was very, very young, um, very tragically, my mum was killed in a car accident. And um, so much of my coming to understand and know who God is is understanding that he gives us um, a meaning to life and even when tragic and uh, things happen that we don't understand that we can still trust God and that he is good even though there were so many questions mm. around kind of why that happened and my dad was really fundamental in in kind of um helping me uh, in my tr trust in the Lord and an, an understanding that it was God who sort of brought us through that really difficult time and it was my father's faith that really um, sort of drew me to Jesus. Um, but it, it really did happen when I was sort of 12, 13, uh, when I was speaking to my cousin. And uh, I remember being really scared of death because I knew that, um, you know, it could happen at any time because of what I had experienced. But I remember saying to my cousin, I'm really worried. And she said, look, Steph, just trust in Jesus. He's paid for all of your sin. He loves you. He wants to get you ready to meet him, um, trust him, follow him. And I did it that night. Um, and since then, I, I've sought to live for him. And uh, there's been um, ups and downs along the way. But um, I, I, I can't ever get away from the fact that God created me. He loves me. Jesus has rescued me. And um, it is such a joy to live for him and be part of his family um, as part of the church. Steph, there's nothing I can ask you now that's going to be better than that. We should probably stop the interview there. And then I, I'm, I'm really grateful to you for sharing that, um, a really powerful testimony. I mean, living for Jesus um, means living for him in the mundane stuff that we do every bit of our, our lives. Um, you ended up um, 
I'm speaking now from the House of Commons in my in my office. You end up here. You end up being placed uh, as a care intern with me, you poor thing. And um, <laughs> how, how did that come about? Oh, I had such a good time. It was brilliant. Um, yes, yeah, so I studied history at university and was kind of uh, undecided what to do, but I knew I was I always kind of been really um, passionate about justice and fairness. My dad would testify to that. Um, and um, through university, I had to sort of be involved in, in various activities, sort of, you know, with refugees and, and uh, you know, always concerned, you know, with poverty issues and the environment. And as I started looking into what to do after university, it, it really struck me that actually politics and, and work in Westminster, that's where a lot of these decisions happen on, you know, if you care about poverty issues, about um, justice and fairness, um actually yeah working in Westminster and, and you know I just wanted to have that experience to see kind of like how's policy made how's change made and the internship with you was was a fantastic insight into that and how um you know gosh it, you know, it can be a hard slog but uh, this is where the change is made in legislation and then um you know, that passes sort of through on, onto the ground and you know we really I really enjoyed that time it was it was a fantastic experience Yes, uh, Christian Action Research Education, otherwise known as CARE. There are, other, there are other internships available, I should say, but they it's a great scheme and lots of people, including people who have been members of uh, the, the, the British Cabinet, have um, been through the CARE scheme and it's uh, it's been a real blessing to many people, especially those like me who have been blessed by CARE interns. So, so thanks, Steph. Now, great scheme. Yeah. there wasn't a kind of seamless transition from that to you being elected to the council in 2018 that's a very different calling um well first of all would you call it a calling and and secondly tell me how you did end up on the council yes so then i'm um, following my internship with you i went to work for various other mps and then um i have had children and began to sort of feel that commuting into london wasn't really a sustainable option um for me and i was really involved in kind of my community here where I live in Chesington. Um, I moved to a new location and for example the, the play park was in a terrible state of disrepair so sort of you know learning from the best like you Tim and others who are involved in community politics got together a petition and did lots of door knocking and we, we managed to completely renovate the playground which was um, yeah a fantastic thing for the community and a real joy to do that um, with a bunch of people around me um, and I knew the community organizer in Chesington and she said to me Steph what you're doing is essentially what a local councillor does why don't you stand for local council and I thought actually maybe this is a really good opportunity I've, I've, I've had time in working in Westminster now what about yeah local politics um, just sounded really interesting and it, an opportunity and a space came up in my ward so I stood for election and was duly elected with my I think she was a four-week-old baby uh, in my arms uh, on election day and so since then yeah so that, that's kind of what drew me into to local politics and yeah the yeah, interest in my local community my local space and how I can make a change there that's what that's what initially drew me in yeah a mucky business with Tim Farron we're talking to Steph Archer, who is a councillor in Chessington North and Hook Ward on the Royal Borough of Kingston-upon-Thames. Steph, would you say that being a councillor was, was a calling? Do you think it's something that as a Christian you were led to do? Yes, 
I think. And I think the interesting with calling is that we have seasons of calling, don't we? Um, so, uh, and seasons in our life when we're called to different um, ventures and uh, different activities for the Lord. And this did feel like a calling, you know, as a Christian, I have a care and love for my community. And being a local counsellor is a really tangible way that you can love and care for your community and, and actually and do and give sacrificially um, because you know it's it's you know not always easy and there's real challenges there but there's um, it's, it's an amazing way that you can practically help your neighbor mm. and so yes it's a calling for this season of my life I really feel that and for people who are listening to this uh, program who are Christians why should they or at least some of them consider being a counsellor themselves yeah what often happens when I meet with residents is they say I can't believe how much local government affects my daily life mm. I think so much about central government and what, what's going on in Westminster it's actually local government it that yeah, affects my daily life with your you know the houses you live in the roads you walk on the green spaces you play in um you know any kind of work with vulnerable people it's, it's local government so you mean that's the that's been such a revelation for me becoming a local councillor that actually if you do care for your local area which we all do because we live there we breathe there this is, this is where we spend so much of our time then being a local councillor is a really clear sort of yeah tangible way that you can love your community because you're making decisions every day on what how money is spent in your local area how mm. people are cared for and what is practical things like you know before becoming a counselor someone would have a housing issue you, you could just be a sounding ear and a, you know listening ear mm. and now I can say oh, actually I can help you right tell me mm. the issue let me take that forward for you let me raise it at a higher level it's just that it it's such a wonderful way that you can practically love people and so as a Christian you know please support your local counselors and um, get in touch with them but also do consider uh, being a local counselor the idea with it is that you can do it and work um mm. that you know it, that is is challenging but it is something that you can kind of almost do in your spare time or if you just feel like you have some time um to give to your local community i would really encourage christians to get involved it is, it is such a wonderful opportunity to, to, to serve your neighbor thanks stephanie you do draw out something really interesting there that many people might not be aware of which is of course, most counsellors don't do it full time. Being a counsellor is a thing you do on top of other activities, work, family, caring responsibilities and, and so on. So how do you manage to, to balance it and how does that compare, do you think, to your other colleagues on the council? Every individual is different. Um, so I have the three children, so I look after them and I do the council work. And I also am a portfolio holder. So I look after the environment, sustainable transport at Kingston Borough Council. So that's an additional responsibility on my plate. Um, and but colleagues, I have work full time and mm. in the evenings. So, you know, there are if you do become a counsellor, there are decisions that you need to make on, you know, time management and you know what what things will you stop doing so you can do this. It's, it is a real balance, a real juggle, but it's something that is so worth doing and it is that it's such sort of satisfaction in it where you've got central government where it can take so long to make a change in local government you're making change all the time um and it's it's really really satisfying 
I often think that councillors have a lot more power than I do, um, because even as an opposition councillor, I know you're not, you're in the ruling group, but as an opposition councillor, you have direct access to the officers who get things done. Whereas as an opposition member of parliament, even a backbench member of parliament, you really don't have the same access to the civil service. So I can definitely testify that you've got a great ability to change things. I wonder if it's worth reflecting, obviously we look at the, the news and we see all sorts of frightening things or uh, things we may be passionate about, angry or indeed very positive about, and yet we feel kind of powerless in this big world of, uh, of so much change. And yet on the ground, in the community you live, you actually can affect things. And I, I personally find that kind of keeps me sane and keeps me focused and realising that God can use me in small ways, even if maybe um, the bigger stuff's beyond me. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's crisis on so many levels at the moment. And yeah, in local local politics is where you, you know, so if you think about climate change and the biodiversity crisis, it, it feels so terrifying. And yet as a local council level, you can say, right, let's do a, let's do a gardening project. Let's bring in pollinators. Let's invest in, in this green space and let's build an orchard, you know, let's plant an orchard. Um, you know, we know there's a housing crisis. Okay, get involved in local politics and you can talk about building council housing for the first time in 30 years in mm. Kingston. You know, what an incredible thing to do. Uh, or, you know, you can help rehome re one. We've done so much stuff with homeless in, here in Kingston, you know, housing people. Um, so it's just such a, you're absolutely right. It's grounded. It's, you're able to make those differences so you know you, I, I don't panic about the bigger issue because I'm distracted by, mm. by you, know, you know on these issues I'm, we're doing making these changes which yeah are playing into kind of solutions to, to the big crises and uh, you know if every local government cut their carbon um, in the way that we need to then we'd make such because actually local government we have such mm. you know influence over carbon emissions things like that you know so if everyone played their part in each local council across the country the small small part they play then we make a big difference on this on this large scale mm. crisis that we have on our hands and so i just yeah knowing that we're doing our bit here is is, is you know it brings peace in, mm. in in the mayhem amazing so everybody listening to this podcast, if they're in the United Kingdom, will have a local councillor, uh, at least one local councillor. As Christians, how should we support uh, those councillors who are Christians and how should we interact with those who aren't? Yeah, positively, kindly, get in touch with them, tell them that you appreciate the work they do. Um, yeah, get involved, um, get involved in, in a local team, uh, ask how you can help out. Um, pray for them. Yeah, just just be an encouragement. As we all know, that, that there's a lot of discouragement and a lot of um, uh, sort of challenging activity on social media and things. As a, an elected representative, it can, it can be mentally hard. So just be an encouragement and also consider: Can you get involved? Could you even stand? Um, you know, as I say, it's seasons, you know, you could do it for four year term, you could do a couple of terms, you know, you could do it just for a season and, and, and get involved. It's such an encouragement. People do step forward um, and, and join the team 
because it is a community endeavor you, you know you can't do it on your own as a council you need the community to, to be backing you and, and to joining in your endeavors and, and the different projects that you're looking to run or um, pioneer so yeah get involved as we get towards the end of our time together i'm, I'm reminded that in 2010 uh, you steph and your husband matt were absolutely awesome and kept me sane on the last couple of days of the 2010 general election campaign when i was defending a majority of 0.6 percent so i was a little bit nervous and you're about to go through an election yourself um because the you were elected in 2018 uh, all of london's councillors are up for election uh, in may this year what does it feel like to be in the midst of an election you're about to get involved in it all how do you balance your life how do you keep sane how do you when you when you know that the future is kind of uncertain um with elections what six weeks away um how does that how does that fit how does your faith help you yeah so it, it, it needing to be boundaried and you know having my diary really clearly set out where i know when i'm going door knocking i know when i'm doing my deliveries and um, I really do enjoy doing all of that stuff. I really love door knocking. So it's not a, it's not a drag. I, I, I love just chatting to people. It's, it's something that I just enjoy. Um, but just knowing, and as I say, I did feel called to this role. And if it's, I, I do also feel that, you know, I'd love to do another four years. However, I know that it's also in God's hand and I know that God is good. And I know that God loves me and he, he, he wants me in, the right place so while I do I'm seeking re-election I know that it is in his hands and I so yeah again don't need to panic don't need to be anxious but I can just give everything to him in prayer and also do my best and you know with the hours I have and um yeah leave leave the result in his hands in May. Amen to that Thank you for thank you for that encouragement to me <laughs> and to everybody of our weird tribe of people who get involved in local politics. But it's a very it's a, the purest form of politics. Um, I think, as you say, the ability to get things done in your community to serve, uh, to be a witness, um, is something that you clearly grab with both hands, and it's it's tremendous to see and to hear. Steph, it's an absolute joy to have you with us. Thanks ever so much. See you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye, Tim. Each week, we answer a question from you, the listener, about how Christianity and politics can work together. Maybe you're thinking through a particular issue, or you're not sure why people disagree on a certain policy. If you've got a question, I would love it if you wrote it in in an email to farron at premier.org.uk. Well, this week, Victoria has been in touch and asks, what effect are Christians having in politics? It's a good and big question. Let's just take that to mean British politics and in the House of Commons. I'd say, first of all, Christians in Parliament, and there's a few dozen of us, we act as a kind of fellowship group more than we do as a kind of caucus. We don't tend to work together on political issues all the time, although sometimes you will find real correlation. So I don't find any surprise that when it comes to uh, opposing moves towards assisted dying and legalising assisted dying, uh, those people I see in the WhatsApp group tend to be many of those fellow Christians that I know from my Bible study. Uh, when we see those speaking out against cuts in international aid, it's not a surprise that it's Christians who tend to be disproportionately speaking out. But I think our biggest impact, I hope, is in the fact that we have that fellowship with one another. 
and that we seek to treat one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, even though we belong to different political tribes. And I hope that comes across. I hope, although I fail in this often, I hope that our language is seasoned with grace, that whilst we might feel very passionate about an issue, nevertheless, we'll speak about it in a way which, you know, to use vernacular, plays the ball and not the man that uh, talks about the issue, but doesn't demonize the individual who holds a different point of view. I think one of the most important things Christians can do is disagree and disagree well, do so in a way which is patient and kind. And hopefully that way we set an example for those who listen and maybe, just maybe, draw them to consider Christ for themselves. If you have a question for Tim, email farron at premier.org.uk. Well, as we come to the end of our time together for this show, let's end in prayer. Loving Heavenly Father, we lift up to you, Ukraine. We pray that you would directly intervene to protect the men and the women and the children, their homes, their hospitals and schools and everything else in that beautiful country that you created. We pray you protect them. We pray that justice would be done, that evil will be stopped, that there would be justice done, that you would bring repentance uh, to the Kremlin and to Putin himself, that you would bring justice, Lord, and that uh, your glory would be seen in this awful time. Lord, we pray for food. Thank you for reminding us that all the things we have come from you. Help us be grateful to those who grow and produce our food and help us to be mindful of those who have got less than we have in this country and beyond, mindful and sacrificially helpful to those others. We pray also for all those who serve as local councillors in uh, councils up and down the United Kingdom. We thank you for local government. We thank you for people who give up their time um, and balance it with many other things as well. We pray that you'd help them to govern wisely and to look after communities well. We pray that uh, in these coming local council elections that Christians would relate to their councillors and their candidates for council, being supportive uh, and upholding them in prayer. Thank you. Thank you all for this time together we pray you'd answer our prayers in the name of jesus amen well thank you so much for listening don't forget you can catch up on all of the shows which have included interviews with party leaders former government ministers and mps from all the major parties just search for a mucky business on your chosen podcast provider or head to premierchristianradio.com forward slash a mucky business until the next time god bless see you soon